You're listening to Once, episode 167, Family Business. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Aaron. We're happy to have you joining us. We're going to be talking about this episode, Family Business. And if you want to follow along with the show notes, they'll be at oncepodcast.com slash 167. One thing I want to let you know right up front, though, is a little announcement, is that the episode coming up in a week and a half. So that will be on Sunday, November 16th, is a two-hour-long episode. And there won't be an episode on Sunday, November 23rd. So just keep that in mind with your schedule and be prepared for that in advance. But let's talk about family business, starting with the past. At first, I was thinking Belle's mom might be someone a lot more connected with the story. Well, she still might be. Yeah, that's true. But I think we can pretty much rule out that she's not Helga. Wait. Mm-hmm. Or we can rule out that she would be Helga. Oh. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's no reason for us to think that she would be. Is there? I don't. She's not, she's I not think blonde. I agree. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, she's Belle's mom, and they picked a great actress for it. Mm-hmm. Gerda was not blonde. So. Yeah. True. But at Helga first, in the book is blonde. Well, oh, okay, back up. Yeah. There is a Helga <laughs> in the... Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Hans Christian Andersen's book. And I was thinking, wait. Oh, no. No, <laughs> there isn't a Helga. Wait, where? when did I miss that? Yeah. The characters Helga and oh. Ingrid are not in Hans Christian Andersen's original book, The Snow Queen. The character of Gerda however, is. In fact, she's basically the heroine of the episode or of the whole book in Mm -hmm. that she's the one that saves many people and basically is the savior of the story. Yes. Which is strange that Gerda would be the savior in the book, basically the savior. But here in Once Upon a Time, Helga is this representation of Emma and Emma is the savior. So it's a bit twisted. (laughs) <laughs> but do you think that Helga, I mean, Helga was real, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She just is. See, when it was first stated, I had this moment of confusion thinking that somehow, somehow Emma was Helga. Like. Yeah, I don't really understand That's not what they going. meant at all. Right. But, yeah. The whole, you look like this dead person. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the prophecy. Uh Where'd the prophecy come from? Yeah, and, and we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But that is a big question. Where did that come from? How does that tie in here? But the book that Belle was reading that she just had to have was Her Handsome Hero. Okay. Just That was the only book title I could read in all of this. I tried to look at all kinds of book titles. I couldn't read any of them except that one. So do you think the books Belle's mom was trying to save were actually valuable in some way? Or did she just feel that they were because she loves books? Belle 
said that one was the first book her mom read. So that had sentimental value to her. Right. Which is I, why I questioned the other ones. <laughs> yeah. I think Belle's mother was grabbing ones that had more literary value historical value of some mm. sort were very valuable were first or only editions or anything like that <laughs> or like intellectual value that might actually have information about how to stop the ogres or something right yeah, so exactly. would we call this a skirmish because it didn't it wasn't the end of their being in that house or castle or whatever it is right so and then bell later on was surprised that they'd made it to the roads. I'm like, they were in your library. Well, where do you think they are? So was this not <laughs> the major attack? This could that be... That might have broken holes in the walls like we saw later? Yeah. <laughs> this could be just the one ogre that got through. Well, they mentioned... They described multiple ogres. That's true. That's expensive. And though. you could hear screaming yeah. outside of the house yes. pretty much the whole time. So they must have been screaming so about other ogres. Maybe they, they beat them back. Yeah. Yeah. They drove them. Timeline-wise, this probably happened very, very close to the beginning of Skin Deep. Yeah. In fact, the screenshot of the castle is very similar, but it's not exactly the same. The sky is a little bit different. But it's mm -hmm. very similar to the screenshot from the beginning of the episode Skin Deep. The war looks like it's at about the same location uh, in, that you see war in the background with the red glowing skies and all of that that we've seen before indicating kind of the ogre's war for mm -hmm. whatever reason. And from the end of this episode, we know that this is when Bell got the idea of, hey, how about we hire Rumpel? So there must have been maybe a few days, maybe a couple weeks between this and the beginning of Skin Deep. And Skin mm -hmm. Deep then happens... At least a couple years before the curse is cast. I've counted all of those marks in Bell's cell, and that's where we came up with the number of about three and a half years before the curse. So, well, and there was stuff between her getting put in that prison and getting taken by Rumpel. Yeah. Potentially like a whole other year. Yeah, there's the a lot of other stuff. So this is probably four or five years before the curse. And probably the last ogre's war except for when the ogres return during the curse time and why couldn't bell's mom do the whole snow white thing hey stay away <laughs> from my oh, daughter well you know they hit on well maybe she did back away from my husband <laughs> you know first they tried hiding under the table which you know didn't work for the rest of the kingdom but they tried it and uh the ogre saw through that Never whisper when there's an ogre. It's because their dresses were too poofy. <laughs> they were too easily spotted. Well, that's what the war is about. The ogres don't like those dresses. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Belle was made to forget. Or if it was one of those things where it was so traumatic she blacked out. Or something happened, she hit her head and blacked out. And that's why she doesn't remember any of the details. So, crackpot theory. Mm-hmm depiction of helga in the book is wrong let's say so <laughs> so this is about to happen somehow snow queen blows in takes her sister away or maybe someone that she thinks is a good candidate for her little family for one reason or another and makes everyone think somehow altering memories they either forget or they think they know what happened and that she died 
Right. And she's still alive mm-hmm. somewhere. Crackpot theory. But then it's like, where did she go? Because then she would have to have been rejected as part of the perfect family. Yeah. And I don't know how her story would continue. But hey, that's why it's a crackpot theory. Well, and so you're saying she might actually be Helga. Yeah, in that theory. I think it's more likely that Belle just blacked out. Yeah. I think that it was just a means to Annette. Like, they just told that part to explain why Belle would be going to Arendelle and have this interaction. And what I what I think is a little funny about the whole thing on second viewing is, Belle, this was a traumatic moment. You blacked out. There are lots of people to tell you. I mean, the last thing you remember is the ogre attack. Now everybody's telling you that's where your mother died. It's not that mysterious. I'm not sure what you're trying to remember or why. I mean, yeah, I kind of get it, but it's like, mm. apparently they don't even want to show you in the coffin. So do you really want to go and try to remember this? And maybe you don't have a memory to recover because you were unconscious. Mm-hmm. So what's with the quest? Yeah, it is a little odd, but it was a fun story. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's just that she wants to remember how did mom die? Not just, yeah, she died in the Argos War, but wants to know more. Kind of like the son who hears that their dad died in war. They don't just want to hear, yeah, your dad died in war. They want to hear, your dad was saving a school bus of infants <laughs> and gave his life to Prodigy save infants on their way to school. Yeah. So it makes, really, and the story that we hear at the end of the episode does make her mother out to be much more of a hero instead of just, the ogre came in, killed your mom, and we managed to save you in time. Right. And I don't know why her dad's like, well, she's dead, but I'm not going to tell you the part that makes it better. It's too painful. Probably. I guess she he didn't want her to blame herself. Yeah. And also, yeah. it was probably a gruesome death. He's probably still holding out on her. It wasn't Belle. It was the book she was holding. Her mom was protecting no, we're not getting into protecting books yet. Oh. Well, Belle um. did majorly delay their getting to safety to save a book. Eh, her mom would have been right there regardless. <laughs> Jacqueline made a note that this is the fastest parental death ever in Once Upon a Time. <laughs> but at least there were no me- big messed up uh, issues. Seemed like a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the lack of... Us having seen a body and the seeming mystery surrounding the moment is what gives me any thought that maybe somehow she's alive for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's so book-oriented and we have another very book-oriented plot line this year. I just don't know how the two might be connected. Well, they're not quite yet. If we see her again, it may be just that it's further in the past. Right. Perhaps, yeah. There is another book that we do get to see, and that is the book that apparently chronicles a bunch of different kinds of magic. You can actually read the text. There's some uh, runic in it, as well as actual English in this book. It's very hard to read. Even at high definition, it was very hard to read uh, from the episodes that we purchased from iTunes. But uh, it talks about basically stuff like uh, the talisman adornments of the rock troll, uh, what kinds of powerful enchantments the rock trolls can cast and how they do this and it's a magical frequency that they emanate and some of this other stuff so you're welcome to go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 167 
to look at that screenshot yourself and see if you can read all of the text that's there. Speaking of the rock trolls, uh, do we know whether they are good, neutral magic? What, like, I'm just wondering because we found out that they, you know, helped in some perhaps not good or just some neutral ways. I'm wondering if that's going to come into play. If they're totally neutral, then they might uh, have done things that would surprise us if we're assuming right now that they are good. Hmm, that's a good question. It is a good question, particularly because it seems more like, it almost seems more likely that they would have had the power to remove memories more than Snow Queen would have. Yes. I think the rock trolls in Arendelle are the main characters of magic, maybe even the only known characters of magic besides, of course, Elsa. Well, and they're experts in love. Yeah. The love experts. experts. When you look at past episodes, Anna, when she met David, was so surprised that magic was so prevalent in the Enchanted Forest. And that was new to her, Mm -hmm. I think, because she's not used to seeing magic in Arendelle. And the rock trolls are the only magical beings there. So if someone was made to forget in Arendelle, yeah, probably the rock trolls doing. If there was any kind of magic going on, maybe the rock trolls doing, at least in Arendelle. I think they're kind of like Arendelle's fairies, (laughs) except a lot heavier. Right. And more guys. Sure. (laughs) I do wonder, though, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but the guy in the shop mentioned bridge trolls. Like he mentioned that there were more than one type of troll, which is more than one type of magical being. So unless he just knew about them from books and stuff, he had knowledge of that type of magic as well. He'd probably heard about bridge trolls, but bridge trolls, at least that we've seen, aren't magical. Like look back at when Snow and Prince Charming had to cross the troll bridge. They're just gross. Yeah, and strong. That's it. Well, and also these are the same worlds because they can sail without magic beans. Yeah, it just takes longer. Just different lands. Kingdoms kingdoms okay that's fair i'll I'll accept that as an answer (laughs) elsa's learning (laughs) to control her magic now from the snow queen which kind of reminds me a little bit of emma learning to control her magic from the evil queen (laughs) and i kind of wonder is there going to be something where snow queen later on teaches emma about how to control her magic Eh, probably not maybe something in the past like maybe snow queen helped teach Emma how to use her superpower. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah. If it's a superpower. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to launch into a rant about that later. <laughs> Maybe though she taught Emma to use magic and there was something yeah. troublesome about that and that's why she made her forget. Right. But yeah. I don't think it was until sometime in this episode that I realized unless we've talked about it before and I've totally forgotten But Elsa has forgotten her, too. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I just, for some reason, I'm slow in making the connection, but it was this episode that I realized, well, that was a whole different time frame. And somehow in a different, I assume it's not something about coming to Storybrooke. So in a different realm, we've got another lost memory. Well, and we did talk about that in one of our previous episodes of the (laughs) podcast. And I think... 
it's probably related to... Oh, no, she did it to me, too. I forgot about the whole conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably related to the conversation that happens after this whole episode. Mm -hmm. Because jumping to the end of the episode, Anna is in the Snow Queen's prison, and Snow Queen has this plan to go and try to make a family with Elsa and only those who will understand their magical powers. And so probably from this, what Snow Queen wanted Elsa to forget is, oh yeah, I trapped your sister and all of this stuff and everything else, the conflict that came out of this, which will probably be the next episode that we'll see. Their little Disney family motto would be, you know, like in Lilo and Stitch, it's like Ohana. And their little family, it would be no more urns. (laughs) (laughs) Something I noticed that the Snow Queen said was our gift runs in the family. And then from what we know about the end, which I know we're going to talk about more, is that they're trying to now make Emma part of the family. So that makes me wonder if Emma is actually related to them somehow. And then even Hook made a comment in the one of the last scenes where like it doesn't take long being in Storybrooke to realize that everyone's related. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like Emma does look like them and we did talk about that or we will talk about that later, but just that there's a lot of comments like that and Emma does have magic and it doesn't seem like other products of true love have magic. So it's making me wonder whether Emma's the savior because she's Snow and Charming's baby and thus the product of true love, or if Emma's the savior for some other reason, for some other prophecy that we don't fully understand yet. Like a reincarnated Helga or something. <laughs> Which That's just going to get weird if yeah. they do that. When you start thinking about things like how the rock trolls said that the whole kingdom wanted to forget. Okay, is it just they wanted to forget? Oh yeah, we lost our sisters. Or is it something horrific happened? That's the thing. And maybe that horrific thing (laughs) is maybe Ingrid in the past had some weird kind of magic thing that was going to reincarnate Helga as Emma and thus as the savior. But this starts getting really weird and twisted theories and trying to make it so complicated that I'm not going to really try to pursue that line of You're thinking. You're not going to try? <laughs> it's possible they could, but boy, that would be confusing for the storyline. And yeah. really weird to write as well. I still say their father or mother made a deal and Rumple took the girls. Yeah, and that's very... I think that's The oldest likely. and the next oldest. Yeah, if, if maybe they maybe Helga also had magic and that's why they wanted to get rid of them. Well, Gerda was the oldest, then Gerda Helga, was? and then Ingrid. I thought Ingrid was the oldest. Mm. I thought Ingrid was the oldest, too. Ingrid is the youngest. Okay. That's what they said in the episode, that Helga mm. was the oldest. Well, maybe she's just changing or, time. I'm sorry, Gerda was the oldest. Oh. But we like we still don't know whether Helga has magic, other than that they said that comment that the gift runs in the family. Yeah. So if she did have magic, the theory that they gave them to rumple makes a lot of sense if they were afraid of it i wonder if it's the same kind of magic yes we've seen ingrid and elsa have the same kind of magic but ingrid also has a lot of other magical abilities Mm -hmm. but she could have gotten those if she was taken by rumple 
That's true. Or trained by Rumple. Yeah. Maybe turned green with envy. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit of a theory that there was a like a terrible accident and and kind of similar to in Frozen where Elsa almost accidentally hurt Anna, that Ingrid accidentally hurt Helga or killed Helga with her powers and that that's why everyone had to forget and everything was erased and that Ingrid got sent away. Well, this is a family that seems to overreact to things. <laughs> okay, you need to learn to control your magic and not be afraid. So the way we're going to do that is close the castle. Don't let anyone in. <laughs> don't let anyone out. Fire all of the staff and we'll lock you in your room until you're a teenager. Oh, they didn't fi- fire the staff. So, just most well, they minimized it, yeah. So is that an overreaction if Gerda had witnessed her sister accidentally killing her other sister with the same kind of magic that Elsa has? Does that then explain why they reacted in such a crazy way? Maybe. Because after all, the trolls did make the entire kingdom forget. Well, yeah. But here's the thing. The trolls should be the only ones who know what happened. Right. Well. Or Pabby should. Ingrid also knows. Well, yeah, because she was one of yeah. the sisters. But but if she wasn't in the kingdom when that happened, she wouldn't have been affected by the troll's memory taking. Yeah. Either. I guess my point being that why would he tell Anna that the girls just disappeared if he really knows what really happened? Is he protecting her too? He was sworn <laughs> to secrecy. Well, so I maybe he's so. still holding part of the secret. Maybe. Well, and later Ingrid does say the trolls shouldn't talk about things that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. So they might not have known the whole story when they were scouted to forget every, make everybody forget. Backing up just a little bit, back in Oaken's shop and sauna, I really (laughs) expected to find a Mickey in that shop. I was freeze framing every angle that I could get. No Mickey Mickey. Mouse. Yeah, no Mickey Mouse in that shop. That would have been a great place. But what I did notice is a lot of red roses in Oaken's shop. And there were Mm. red roses in other places in this episode, too. In the Snow Queen novel or story by Hans Christian Andersen, the roses were iconic of Gerda's love, childhood love for Kai. They were neighbors. And they were kids during most of the story of Snow Queen. So I wonder if all of the roses were placed in here just as a nod to that, because they did use the name of Gerda from the Snow Queen story. And what other fairy tale is a rose iconic in? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And Belle was the other main character in this episode. The other thing is that maybe just they used the props. Because that was interesting. Maybe. I think the guy they hired to run the shop, they, uh, that actor did a good job. It's kind of an iconic role to fill. <laughs> yeah, I wondered if they got someone to do a fake accent or if they actually found someone who has that real accent. No, I, I kind of <laughs> doubt that. I think it's a fake accent, personally. <laughs> he nailed the yoo-hoo, though. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to talking about the rock trolls and what happened with them, they gave this thing basically a T for Belle, and she never got to use it. Probably those shattered pieces 
aren't going to be any of no any that, use. that i think that's probably why it was so many pieces they're just like no this is not a thing <laughs> it was just like a memory that could be summed up in a couple sentences anyway so just forget it <laughs> that fall that anna took would mm-hmm. be a fatal fall yeah, yeah for sure or at least some broken bones some bleeding some you'll not you'll never walk again like even brain if you damage have western yeah. medicine kind of a thing potentially but they have magic so but i didn't see any no i agree that's what i was thinking i was like okay so anna's dead and uh right they're just stringing elsa along in the present day <laughs> but we did see anna inside of snow queen's jail in just a little bit in mm-hmm. her dungeon so Very she did alive, yeah. survive somehow or ingrid healed her maybe so maybe that's another ability that ingrid has I think this could be the moment when Anna's necklace got damaged. In the fall? Yeah. Yeah. She fell on her head, but (laughs) it's possible. But there was the sliding on the rocks along the side. Oh, yeah, that's true. true. (laughs) This is sounding way more graphic than it actually was in the show. Well, and the way she was gripping the rocks was like, you're not gripping anything. She was like pushing her hands up against the wall, hoping to grip the wall. Like it was just, I even think I saw some goofs in that shot. So I don't know. We know that Anna's horrible at climbing. Yeah. Wow. That was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. She was horrible at climbing in the movie too. (laughs) She should have said, catch me. Wow, some crazy trust exercise. (laughs) (laughs) But she died or almost died from it. Almost, yeah. So Anna had the hat. Now Ingrid has it. In the past. Yeah, in the past. past. (laughs) So then. And Anna is in the dungeon there as Ingrid now wants a family that accepts her for who she really is. In the most immature way possible. That hat is a little more like Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That hat needs to somehow leave Ingrid's hands mm-hmm. and get to Storybrooke and get to that house <laughs> where Rumple then found it back in Storybrooke. What is that house? So either that house was Ingrid's, probably not likely, or something else happened where Ingrid lost possession of the hat and we might see that in the coming episodes yeah see if rumple had the hat and hadn't found it in the house i would say she totally traded the hat for a deal with rumple and that's how she got the prophecy and found out about emma and blah 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 but but rumple Mm -hmm. didn't have the hat so that doesn't even work yeah and when we jump to storybrook when bell and rumple went to ingrid's cave there it almost seemed like Rumpel was genuinely surprised that Ingrid once had the hat. Like maybe he never knew in their past that she had it. Yeah, I would agree. Although when Bell says that, he's also probably thinking, what, you know about this hat that I'm hiding back at my place in the <laughs> right. safe right next to my real dagger? <laughs> I actually forgot whether she had the real dagger or not for this whole episode. <laughs> Because I missed the safe scene, apparently. Yeah, I didn't see it. I was focusing on the hat. One thing to notice, to focus on a little detail, is Anna didn't have that necklace inside of the dungeon. Oh. So Ingrid probably took it away from her 
maybe took it back to Elsa. And maybe we're going to see this in the next episode that Ingrid takes the necklace back to Elsa and shows her and says something like, Anna is dead. Here's her necklace. See how it's broken. This indicates that Anna is dead. It's something <laughs> like that. Well, it sounded it sounded in Ingrid's kind of discussion with Anna that she was going to make Elsa believe that Anna was going to trap her in the hat, right? Or use the hat to take her power away. Yeah, something like that. Not necessarily saying Anna's dead and this is why, but because we know that, or we know that the Snow Queen told Elsa that Anna is the one who trapped her in the urn. So I think she's trying to plot them against each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure if she would say that Anna's dead. That's been done before. <laughs> Didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> Anna's dead. <laughs> I do want to give props to Sci-Fi Girl who did some great research about rose quartz and how it fits in with what the trolls gave to Belle. And uh, for the sake of time, just go to the show notes, oncepodcast.com slash 167 to read all of that information and some of the links that are in that, because uh, I really want Sci-Fi Girl to get some credit there. But um, we also got some theories in that maybe, like you guys were saying, that maybe Ingrid accidentally froze Helga. And Mm -hmm. that it was Ingrid's family that trapped her in the urn. And maybe that's why their family wanted to forget her is to forget that they did that to her. Not that she ran off or that Ingrid did some horrible thing, but that they did something basically horrible to Ingrid by trapping her in a Mm -hmm. prison like that. Yeah, that's very possible. That's kind of like I'm thinking that that's why they... One the memory does not age in an urn, does one? <laughs> no, probably not. Hmm. When Belle was back at home and had the confrontation with her father, there was something here that I started thinking about in terms of the flashbacks. The way that Once Upon a Time tells stories is that the flashbacks are parallel to what's happening in Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're giving us more backstory to the characters that we're focusing on in Storybrooke. Sometimes the ideas are more parallel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the connection between Belle, how she actually does know Anna and what she says in Storybrooke, and that gives us more information about what's happening in Storybrooke. But I wonder if there's another parallel here, and that is Belle's memory, that she was maybe made to forget what happened to her mother. Mm. Something happened that she forgot her mother. And her mother risked her life, or gave her life, sacrificed her life for Belle. I'm wondering if there's a parallel with that and the other kind of mother-daughter relationship we're seeing in Storybrooke. And that is that Snow Queen was a foster mom to Emma. Emma, Mm -hmm. of all of the places she's been, only felt at home with Sarah Fisher, the Snow Queen. Maybe something horrible happened kind of paralleling what happened with Belle. And that's why Sarah Fisher made Emma forget. I agree that that's a totally good theory. What do you think? Because we know that Ingrid didn't die, or Sarah Fisher didn't die. Could it be that she had to give Emma away? Or it could be that it looked like she died, or she wanted it to look like she died, or something like that. It depends on how many times did Snow Queen actually wipe the memories of Emma. 
And we won't know that information until later on. I personally think she only wiped the memories once. I think she wiped the memories when Emma first saw her in Storybrooke. Before we move on to talking about Storybrooke, I want to thank some people who made this episode of the podcast possible. David Newland, Lisa Slack, Steve Johnson, Amanda Robar, Tappenbird, and our Patreon backers. Thank you very much for your kind support and generous contributions to the podcast. They keep the podcast running, the server running, the media hosting running, all of the plugins we need to pay for it in order to run the website. It is expensive to host this podcast, and we really appreciate the support. So thank you, David, Lisa, Steve, Amanda, Tappenbird, and all of our Patreon backers. If you'd like to support the podcast as well, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. You can make a one-time donation, an automatic monthly donation, which is what helps us really the best of all of them. Or you can make a per episode donation for as little as 25 cents through Patreon. Check out all of your options Check out all of your options over at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And thank you for your kind support. If you can't support us financially, and I understand, the other way you can support us is by sharing the podcast with others. Teach someone how to listen to a podcast. Subscribe them to Once Upon a Time and get them watching the show. Get them listening to the podcast. Press all of the sharing buttons on the website, the tweet <laughs> buttons, the stumble upon, the Reddit, share us to Facebook the groups. Buttons. Yeah. If there's a button on the website, press it pretty much. There aren't any <laughs> buttons that will destroy the website. So don't worry about that. But yeah, yeah, share our posts. And that's really a great way that you can help us spread the word about the podcast and get other people listening as well. And bringing in more great theories and feedback like you send us quite often. So on to Storybrooke. With Golden Bell, <laughs> Golden Bell. <laughs> Why is that not their ship name? <laughs> should be. Why is it? Yeah. Okay. I like that better than Rum Bell. I do too. Golden Bell. Golden Bell. <laughs> what I meant to say is when Gold and Bell were in the shop, the whole hat and dagger hiding routine seems a little bit familiar <laughs> wow and that's where the cloak and dagger was too yeah i don't think bell even knows that safe exists because i'm every, guessing no yeah every time it's been opened bell has been frozen or somewhere else yeah he was quick to hide it again when she was coming yeah, but it could also be something like, hey, why were you putting in there? And then he'd have to lie and explain That's something true. to her. And so it's just easier for him to quickly cover up what he is doing so he wouldn't even have to try and explain. That's true. I find it hard to keep track about who's lying and who's telling the truth and which dagger Bell has and whether she knows about the hat. And their relationship is just not golden. It's, yeah, it's painful, especially at the end when Bell confesses comes completely clean and she's like i'm so glad we don't have any secrets yeah <laughs> and her secrets like this big <laughs> secrets like their whole relationship yeah and yet this was not sorry rumples you can send hate to my twitter this whole night was not one of her prouder moments it was not i actually typed early i'm okay i'm not a huge bell fan which is not to be confused with like the actress is fine I've been watching her on TV shows since I was like a tween, but <laughs> I'm not a huge Bell fan. So already it's a stretch for me to enjoy an episode that has so much Bell in it. And then 
I she she just always seems so morally su- superior. And this episode, I liked it because it showed that she hasn't always been that way. Hmm. It's kind of our first time seeing her in a kind of compromising situation where she's not like, oh, no, it's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. Hmm. You can be good again. And rah, 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 rumple. <laughs> she actually, you know, hasn't always been perfect and sacrificing and heroic. Hmm. So that's, that's a good point. It's nice to see. <laughs> of course, by not always, we kind of mean in the present as well. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to use the dagger because, yeah. But to hide the other time that she wasn't in the past. Right. So to- there's a parallel for you. Look yeah. at all the times Belle has messed up. That's what I enjoyed about this episode. <laughs> then we had the Storybrooke podcasters in the sheriff's office. <laughs> They were so strategically placed that it's almost like they were taking a promotional photo or something. Now, who from the main cast was even not in that room? Michael Saka. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's he's main cast in name only at this point. And he wasn't even in the jail cell, which is would have been his place if he was yeah. trying to be in That, that would have been fine, though. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the Seven Dwarves are almost main cast i mean they're in so many episodes mm-hmm. that you could almost call them main cast members although they aren't they're main like characters promotional mm-hmm. henry no henry was there well, they're regulars yeah, not I, I guess you could call them regulars but not main characters Re- yeah they're yeah. recurring i think is yeah that's that's a better term i guess and they're kind of being mean to the main cast members now <laughs> The main characters, sorry, not the yeah. cast, the characters. Yeah, they're all nice on, on in real life. In real life, yes. Even Grumpy is really happy in real life. <laughs> I, once again, need to question Emma's superpower. I mean, I can tell that gold is lying, so I don't have a superpower to tell that people are lying. It's That's an endless source of frustration for me. <laughs> She's not emotionally involved in this conversation. Oh, my, maybe she is, but... But not excessively so. Yeah, she should be able to tell that he's not being entirely truthful. And what he said was a direct lie, right? Yeah. Which thing? It, there in the sheriff's office. Everything that he said. Anything that he said. Did he make a direct lie? He did say, I work best alone. Well, yeah, that he does. He didn't lie about that. Oh, well, I guess... The line I'm thinking of is when he said, oh, I'd like to ask her that myself about how she got to that world. So I guess he maybe he doesn't necessarily know how, because if he knew how he would have used it then. Right. Oh, I do wonder about this because of the ways of getting from a non-magic, like from Enchanted Forest or Arendelle to our world without magic. We know of the beans, Lake Nostos. Mm-hmm. And then we also know of the rabbit. Right. <laughs> and then now suddenly there's a Wonderland character in the cast. I do wonder if that's going to come into play. With how Snow Queen got to Storybrooke? Yeah, maybe. Just because it seems like kind of the only logical option left of how she could have so easily gotten to, not to Storybrooke, to our world, like to boston or wherever well we got the was. vague references to wonderland besides yeah. just will there's the lily 
thing, which, you know, you pulled out a character named Lily. Well, mm-hmm. Lily is more like a reference to Neverland, like Tiger Lily. Potentially. But Lily's also the White Queen's daughter. and Yeah. And, but uh, I think, and Tiger Lily, by the way, completely missed that on my notes in our last discussion about the last episode mm-hmm. um that yeah she could be tiger lily yeah okay so put that out there <laughs> so here's a uh here's a crackpot theory a new one yeah <laughs> so alice disappeared for a long time to wonderland as a little girl maybe that's where ingrid and helga went hmm. and maybe ingrid did become the white queen yeah because there are a lot of parallels and connections between the Snow Queen from Hans Christian Andersen's novel mm-hmm. and the White Witch from Chronicles of Narnia. And one thing I was thinking about as, Aaron, you were talking about possible ways that Snow Queen could have come to Storybrooke, as I was thinking about the book uh, The Magician's Nephew from the whole Chronicles of Narnia series— and in there, the white witch grabs, I think, the ankle of one of the characters as they're going through a portal. And that's how she ends up in the land that becomes Narnia. That she wasn't supposed to go through, but she was chasing these characters. They went through the sort of portal thing. And one of them was holding a lamppost at a point, And that's how the lamppost ended up in Narnia, that whole thing. It's been a while since I've read that book, but that was something I was thinking of as like connection that maybe it was accidental that Snow Queen arrived in Storybrooke or maybe hmm. not. She's been there since the first curse. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. She's been there since, since, well, we don't know how long, but she was outside of the curse. Right. Another Wonderland connection that I totally just thought of is the mirror obsession. Because mirrors are portals to Wonderland sometimes yeah. as well. Like mm-hmm. Alice went through a mirror in through the looking glass and uh in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Will and Anastasia went through a mirror. Right. And they even well. called it a looking glass. Yeah. And now we know the Snow Queen has many mirrors and kind of an obsession with weird mirrors. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to know if there is a connection there at all because they could they could be dropping the Wonderland tidbits for us just because Will's now in the show and and giving it kind of as easter eggs for people who watched Wonderland. Like it could have nothing to do with the current storyline, but I do think there's a reason why Will is suddenly part of this storyline when his show ended last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the things that I wonder about with the whole curses and Snow Queen being in Storybrooke. Henry said that he knew about the Snow Queen's ice cream truck because he's a kid. Why wouldn't he know about that? (laughs) Right, which he's getting a little old to be saying things like, I'm a kid. But from when does he know that? Was it maybe during the first curse? Because that ice cream truck looked like it'd been in the forest for a while. Nah, I think she put it there just then. Or could it be that it's been there since the first curse? She maybe used to drive it around during the first curse. Mm. And then everyone was sent back to Enchanted Forest and she and her ice cream truck stayed. (laughs) So she just left it in the forest somewhere. (laughs) And then curse brings everyone back. In my head. I kind of don't think so, but 
that's why I was bringing up some of those things before. Like, how does this work where they've known there's an ice cream shop and they've known who was running it, presumably at various times, but they don't seem to remember her at all. Maybe they've remembered her as a recent acquaintance named Sarah. I don't know. Yeah, she she seems to be totally new. But we know that she wasn't in Storybrooke at least for the whole 28 years of the curse, even if she was there at some point because she was raising Emma as a foster parent. For six months. For six months of it, yes. The longest Emma has stayed anywhere before. And they had apparently a great relationship. We learned that a lot from here. Yeah, there was an age goof here that I'm not sure is a goof, but... We Mm -hmm. decided that in 1998, which was prior, like that was the year given in the previous episode where we um, learned about Emma and Lily, it was 1998, which would have made Emma, I think we decided 15. And then she was saying she was 12 or 13 when she lived with the Snow Queen in this episode. So that doesn't really line up unless they're just trying to make her seem younger than she was. Because even that actress doesn't look 12 or 13. But she doesn't even remember herself exactly when this happened. That's true. Because she has no memory of it. She's just guessing. Yeah, you're 12, 13, I guess. No, I thought she looked in her file and said when it was. Maybe not. The only information from her file was that Snow Queen had been tracking her since she came to Storybrooke. And that... Emma had been with Sarah Fisher for six months. For six months. And then all of the drawings, the card, all of that. The prophecy just tossed in there nonchalantly. (laughs) So where did that prophecy come from? It's a really oddly written prophecy. And was anybody writing prophecies other than Rumpelstiltskin? (laughs) Because this is a prophecy about the curse, if it's calling Emma the savior. Well, well, and did anybody else know Emma's name besides Rumpelstiltskin and Snow White and Prince Charming? Right. The language was used in Arendelle. Mm-hmm. It's a rock troll prophecy. It could, yeah, <laughs> could be rock trolls, or maybe it was something that Rumpel sold or had some kind of deal with Ingrid in the past because they've had some dealings before. Mm-hmm. So maybe she bought this from him. In exchange for something else that Rumpel needed from her. Maybe Elsa in the urn. And so Rumpel gave her this prophecy. She gave him Elsa in an urn. Although he claims that he didn't know that Elsa was in it. (laughs) Well, he claims a lot of things. Yeah. It's really hard to judge what we can trust from what he says. Something I noticed about... Snow Queen and Rumpelstiltskin's or Snow Queen and Mr. Gold's conversation is just that she doesn't seem to have that kind of healthy fear of him that everybody else seems to have. Like even Regina, I think, knew that he they have their banter. And I think it's because she knew that she had something that he wanted. But I don't even think Regina would challenge Rumpelstiltskin in this way that Snow Queen's just like you can't touch me because you don't have any leverage it's almost like she's not afraid of his powers at all yeah which is interesting she still doesn't seem afraid of that he's gonna hurt her in any way just she just didn't get her way it seems I don't I don't know if that was fear of him 
it should be from from what we know of how powerful he is she should be afraid of him because he should be the most powerful person in the show right now right so i just it that scene in the woods where she has absolutely no fear of him seemed it's it's i guess it's refreshing but it's also it makes me wonder how powerful she really is the other relationship we see struggling is between Robin Hood and Regina. And I really, really like what Regina said. I know there are fans out there who say Robin and Regina are destined to be together. They should be together and he should leave Marion and all of this. Okay. I know that you're thinking that. would be cold. That. <laughs> I would give her a frozen heart. But I really respect what Regina said. Mm-hmm. Robin, I'm sorry, but if you truly want to save Marion, you're going to have to forget about me and find a way fall in love with your wife again. I want Regina to be happy, yes. And I think ultimately we will see Robin Hood and Regina together. But there's going to have to be sacrifice to get to that point. Namely, Marion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's going to be either a tragedy or a willing sacrifice. Something mm. where the timeline, we've talked about this before, the timeline might correct itself in some way. So Marion ends up being removed and removed in a way that it's just not like, ding dong, the wife is dead. Hey, Regina, you want to go out? But it'll be, it'll be yes, in a painful way, but in a way that will still leave the relationship between Robin and Regina then open or making it open and in a way that they'll seek comfort with each other. Mm-hmm. So I respect Robin's honor here. And Regina is being very honorable too in this and recognizing yeah. She's sacrificing her own desires, her own feelings, which is a big step from what we've seen Regina do in the past. So she is making huge strides from evil queen Regina. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, so painful to see them going through this. (laughs) I totally understand why the writers want to keep Regina in this turmoil because Lana Perea does that tormented, pained vulnerability so well. And it's almost just like, you want to use that when you have an actress that can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that scene was like, I think that's one of the only scenes she was really even in this episode. And she, she killed it. And she should have just said, "I, I wish she used the same language that Daniel used with her to let him go instead of to forget about her. But it was good. I liked it. It's a good scene. Now, Jacqueline wanted to point out a couple things, and that was that Emma was actually with the family for three years. Yeah. Because Emma did say, I ended up in the foster system, and I had a family until I was three, but then they had their own, so they sent me back. That was from the pilot episode. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that Emma doesn't remember that. Right. She didn't feel like she was there. Yeah, she would have forgotten about it after her first couple shuffles in the system, I'm sure. Yeah. When Rumpel met the Snow Queen in the woods, 
I think it really confirms that everything is still going according to the Snow Queen's plans. Because when she said, I wouldn't have, or she said, do you really think she would have discovered that if I hadn't wanted her to? I really think she was referring to the videotape because at this point, mm. Rumple didn't know they found files inside the ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. He didn't know anything about where the ice cream truck was. He went straight to go find Snow Queen. All he knew about was the videotape. Right. So that videotape was intentionally left in Emma's stuff mm. or maybe oh. placed there yeah. recently. Or it was always there, but, you know, as we've seen, when one wants to alter a videotape magically, one can do so. So the, if she's all about erasing the memories, she could do that, but she didn't. And Rumpel has no idea what's going on, at least at that point in the story. I have to wonder, mm-hmm. does he know better later on what's going on? And do we know what's going on? Is Did this episode <laughs> really give us all the details about what her plan is? It really did not. <laughs> I'm sure there's stuff we're not getting. Well, is it really that she wants the town to turn on itself and for it to just be Snow Queen, Elsa, and Emma left? And they're going to be well, one little unhappy family. Once it turns, it'll. she can easily do things like she's already tried to do to make the town specifically turn on Elsa and Emma. And then they can come running to her for some reason even though she has recently chained Elsa up with ice chains and um, used the force on Emma's throat. Yeah, true. And there are so many other magical characters in this town that why can't, why can't are Snow Queen? Yeah, Rumpel, <laughs> Regina, all okay. the fairies. All the fairies, all the fairies. The, the, well, the convent is, you know, kind of closed these days. They're just all staying in there. <laughs> So why doesn't she just feel like this is my home among all of these magical people who will accept me for who I really am? Because she's five years old. She's worse than Emma. And she's like, no, you can't play. It's just us. You're the odd woman out. That was the weirdest thing to say, by the way. Odd woman out. But it conveyed the way she's going about it perfectly. Any shred of doubt. And it's... You have nothing in common with us. Like, okay, that's what made... <laughs> you clearly never experienced a real family. Yeah. Sisters are very, very different. They're not all the same. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what makes the term sibling rivalry. <laughs> in case anyone was wondering, spoiler alert. <laughs> Belle finally used the dagger on her own <laughs> initiative. My goodness, Belle. And... I wonder, is she going to actually believe Rumple from this? Or has this left a seed of doubt? Because this whole thing that happened <laughs> with the mirror, yes, it he explained away a bunch of things. But still, I think there could be that seed of doubt, which might come into play in the mm-hmm. next couple episodes. Aside from the mirror, do you know what would have given me a seed of doubt in that scene? When she's saying, let me go, let me go, with the dagger in her hand, he's not letting her go. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I don't don't know. Maybe she didn't mean it enough that... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, She's she's going, what choice do I have? I'm thinking, well, um, 
maybe you could just, you know, do what you would have done if you didn't have the dagger, because I think part of the trust was not ever using it. Right. Especially for that. Yeah, it's sort of like she didn't want him to go on a business trip, so she tied him to a chair. <laughs> like, well, no. I mean, yes, that's an option, but you could just ask. And if he says no, well, maybe you need to just let him do what he what he's going to do or not do. <laughs> this is silly. But when the mirror first started calling out to her, did she not sound like she was talking with an American accent? I think it almost sounded like someone else's voice. Like mm. maybe it was Snow Queen's voice and it would morph into her voice oh yeah because i didn't think it sounded like her at all but then i felt like it sounded like her with australian and everything after the break but up till that point (laughs) it seemed like she was trying out her american and i thought well how rude evil bell would of course be american (laughs) i find her accent goes in and out at the best of times she does she actually does a, a really good american accent and has ever since you know like her first show was not Australian. So Mm. I think if she was trying to do an American accent, she would have done it really well. Oddly enough, it's her Australian accent that I find tends to fluctuate a bit. Well, she's going over here. (laughs) So yeah, it didn't sound Australian to me. It's really cool that they are using the basic mirror concept from the Hans Christian Andersen story. Yeah. Because when you first started talking about that, I thought, well, that's kind of out there. I don't think we'll see anything like that. I thought that too. But that's because I thought Elsa was filling any possible Snow Queen role. Yeah. So the mirror from the Hans Christian Andersen story is that you look in it. It looks like she was the queen. You see only (laughs) ugliness around you or you see the ugliness. Everything starts to look ugly. And the Snow Queen story is that the mirror was taken up to heaven. It shattered. Uh, The mirror was made by trolls, by the way. And uh, when it shattered, then everyone inhaled it and they started seeing the ugliness in people around them. I think everyone would look ugly if they inhaled mirror. (laughs) And started hurting each other, pretty much. And they're going along with that. This whole curse thing, the spell. She unshattered it. So do you think it will be shattered again? Or is she just going to take it around town and be like, look, look. Well, Talk see, to the mirror. In in the story, that's what the trolls were doing. They got oh. great delight out of taking the mirror from person to person to person and oh. making them respond differently <laughs> and see the world completely differently. And they took it all the way up to heaven, but that's when it shattered oh, up awkward. there. Well, yeah. And <laughs> it rained down, yeah. On yeah so I think her like idea snow. would be now that she's put all of these pieces of evil imbued mirrors together she's got this one mirror imbued with a lot of evil and then when she shatters it again every little bit will have all of the evil in it and that's what she'll spread around makes everyone look imbeautiful (laughs) so we, we think this show ever makes jumps in logic or has plot holes don't you love how fairy tales they'll just be like so these beings went from this town to this town and down the street, and then they went up to heaven. <laughs> oh, oh, cool. Because they do. Yeah, it's logical next well, step. It's, it's old and stuff. <laughs> or at most, um, it'd be like, they went so high into the mountains, they then went to heaven. Uh, a comment that Snow Queen made about the mirror when Rumple confronted her in the cave was she commented that Belle was easy to turn in the mirror. Mm. So that makes me wonder 
what makes somebody not easy to turn and will that have an impact on her plan? Well, this could tie in with Slurpee's 108s theory. And she said, Mm -hmm. I think Belle's reflection was actually telling her lots of truth she didn't want to hear. After all, her reflection told her things that at least have elements of truth. Mm -hmm. Rumpel gave her a fake dagger. Rumpel is using her and Rumpel is manipulating her. Belle wants to believe Rumpel is telling her the truth, that he wouldn't lie to her and that he trusted her enough to place the real dagger in her care. However, I think deep down, Belle knows Rumpel is being duplicitous, dark, and secretive. While he loves her, she fears he married her because he can manipulate her. So far, Rumpel has been manipulating her ever since he proposed to her under false pretenses. He got away with murder because Belle placed her trust in him and believed he'd never kill Zelina after he said he wouldn't or using magic to cover it up. The way that the story went with Snow Queen is that the mirror helped or made people see the ugliness around them and see everything as ugly. It might not necessarily be where they see good things as ugly, but they see only the ugly things in people. Like If you yeah. watch the original Disney Pollyanna, there was a quote in there where it was, if you look for the bad in people around you, you'll find it. It's something basically like that. And the idea is... Yeah. We find what we look for. So does the mirror just amplify the bad we already see in other people? Or does it actually hide the good completely and make them seem worse than they are? Well, hmm. the funny thing about that is you notice Rumpel seems pretty well immune to it. Hmm. And maybe it's because he's powerful and maybe it's because that's just sort of how he already sees everybody. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? Well, I wonder what would happen if Emma or Elsa or Regina looked into the mirror or Blue Fairy or any of the other magical characters, if that's not all of them, in Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. What would happen if they looked into the mirror? What would they see? That could be really interesting to see. And that might actually happen. I imagine if Emma turned dark. I'm sure it'll be a whole episode. <laughs> I mean, maybe not Emma, but most of the rest of the people in the town. Because there's got to be somebody who's uh, running around normal, watching everybody fight and attack each other, and that we can identify with. And I think that'll be Emma, because Snow Queen wouldn't want Emma affected by it. Yeah, it's like well, maybe she would. Yeah. It's like they're black kryptonite. It'll turn them evil and mean. Aggressive. Maybe if Emma looks in it, though, she'll hate everybody except Snow Queen. Oh, that could be too. I wonder if Emma's going to be immune to the mirror because she's the savior. Just because we know prophecies aren't always on the most forefront of (laughs) what's actually happening. And having a prophecy can make it come to pass or can ruin it somehow. Like we learned that with Rumpelstiltskin. They leave out important details. And so perhaps that is part of this prophecy. Who knows? The last thing that we saw in this episode was Rumpel confronting Dairy Queen in the cave. (laughs) And (laughs) he's on to her now. And is she just worried about losing her magic? Or does she know that the hat will actually suck her in? After all, he did say you would be... Just a spot on this. He called it embroidery. I was like, that is the best needlework I've ever seen. 
Mm. Uh, both. Like, don't turn the hat on me. I think that's her thing. Yeah. No more urns. <laughs> I want to know what her original leverage was to know how this really changes things. And why is he so willing to deal with her? What is he going to gain in this? Yes, he has leverage over her, but why? Well, what a jerk again. Sorry, Rumple, Gold, whatever. If I, I don't need to be sorry. He, you know, he knows stuff. He could just, you know, help people in the town, like tell them, but he's got to control everything. He's got to be, it's one of the few powers he's got left is knowledge. But what, like, what could be his motivation? He, like, he doesn't have a motivation to be evil anymore and to manipulate people anymore. Unless he's just evil. He's addicted to his power. Yeah. But he could use his power. Like he could be addicted to his power for good. And be <laughs> the most powerful good magic. He's choosing to use it for e- evil. He could just as easily play against the Snow Queen like he's playing against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the reason he doesn't just put her in the hat? Isn't that part of what he wants anyway? His power in the hat? He probably has that as his end game in mind, but he needs her for something. Hmm. Jacqueline sent a note to point out that maybe we should be playing track the hat box in all of this because first it was with a sorcerer, then Anna, Anna had it, then the Snow Queen took it, and then it somehow ended up in the Honeymoon House, and now Rumple has it. <laughs> and now he's, he's wielding it around and... Whom is he going to suck up into the hat to absorb their magic? Is he going to try it on Emma, even? Well, I start to say no, and then I think of jagged rocks and a swing and a grandson. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) I just don't know with that guy. And then the very last thing is this whole Halloween kind of thing that you look like this dead person. (laughs) Halloween? Well, it was Halloween the Friday before this episode aired. And <laughs> this is creepy to me. <laughs> so much of a haunted house or horror story line to say, <laughs> you look like this ancient dead relative. Maybe you're the embodiment of this relative now. Uh, I guess I just watched too many shows like this or like that because that just seemed pretty interesting to me. Pretty normal. <laughs> pretty normal. I watch a lot of stuff where all these people from different times are the same age and they're related and... <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they're time travelers and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get the prophecy that we find out. I do think Hook's comment about everybody being related might be important. Yeah. Kind of reminding um, us of that. The family tree. Bunch of scribbles on a piece of paper. But yeah, that prophecy doesn't really make sense. <laughs> that it's it's so weird of a prophecy. I mean, yes, to say... The savior will be Emma, basically. That's okay. Sure. That's fine. I can accept that. But then, and she will become Ingrid's sister. Well, yeah. And what does that even mean? Like, (laughs) become, become. Like, I feel like a prophecy needs to use very precise language. Is it (laughs) like her sister or will become her sister and will she become another person who was her sister right it's weird like will she be possessed with the person mm-hmm. the, the oh, spirit of her that. sister that's, that's sister. really strange 
I wonder if there's more to the prophecy previous to the part that we have that has to do with what the three sisters were going to do. Uh, yeah, there was a lot written on that paper. Yeah. And so maybe the three sisters had some kind of a purpose and that when Helga potentially died, that purpose could not, or when maybe when Gerda turned, turned against them, the purpose couldn't be carried out. And so therefore they need to replace the sisters to complete whatever whatever the prophecy is. I was looking up um, name meanings because I do that with all the new characters and uh, all like Helga, Gerda and Ingrid are all um, Scandinavian names that mean different things. But the thing that I, that stood out to me was that the name Emma means whole or complete. Mm. Uh, I found that interesting in the context of this episode. I don't know if I've ever looked up the name Emma before. So she is kind of the last piece of the puzzle if assuming Elsa has at some point been under the control of the Snow Queen in that in that sense before. Well, here's what's really cool. I'm going to drop a bomb on you guys. Oh, Fee oh no. is awesome. Well, Fee translated the scroll. <laughs> and it says... I have traveled the world near and far. My search knows no bounds. My obsession will not leave me. My search will continue to the ends of the earth. One thing I know for sure, the name of the Savior is Emma. The Savior shall be my sister. The family must be complete. Oh, well, then I guess we know who wrote it. Yeah. Unless it was the channeled rantings of a Dairy Queen. So it's not a written prophecy that she received. She wrote this herself, but mm -hmm. she was basically the prophet in a sense. But if she's not around anymore, then Emma's not going to be her sister. And, and if she is around, then why does Elsa need to be there? She wants three. It could be something kind of like in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, there were the three genies. And when you combine them together along with a bunch of other magical things, then you can enact a special kind of spell and change the laws of magic. Maybe we've seen all kinds of things like that, where you have to gather these special magical resources and a baby and all of this <laughs> stuff and enact these special curses. Maybe that's kind hmm. of part of what Snow Queen has in mind is that she'll need the three of them together again. And maybe it was, she tried to cast whatever spell or curse this was years ago mm -hmm. that's what killed helga and that's what made gerda and everyone else want to forget what if but so then who wrote the prophecy ingrid yeah oh see i was thinking that helga wrote the prophecy sorry oh no i i think ingrid wrote it she said i've traveled the world near and far my search knows no bounds and she's talking about what she did and the one thing that she knows is the name of the savior is emma so is that really a prophecy then? If she just wrote some stuff down, do we know that she has any foresight at all? Well, the Emma thing. But, but the, Rumple could have just told her that. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to go crackpot again for a minute. Uh, it's more <laughs> of an extension of crackpot. This is no. your third crackpot theory tonight. <laughs> so, so let's say Ingrid disappears as a little girl. Somehow she goes to Wonderland where she goes by the name of White Queen or whatever. Uh, in our world, she goes by Sarah Fisher. Well, maybe Helga went to Oz, uh, where she went by Glinda, and eventually ended <laughs> up in some sort of 
isolated area covered in snow, dressed all in white. Yeah, her own little kingdom of isolation. A little bit. Hmm. Hmm. That's really interesting. Wow. Where she could be visited by the charm. By three spirits. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this show was way easier to talk about in season one. (laughs) (laughs) And even the beginning of season two. Uh, season now two. It's, it's getting really complicated yeah the beginning of season two this concludes our discussion of this episode family business and we received a bunch of great feedback and tried to incorporate as much of that as we could into this episode but please keep sending your theories about upcoming episodes of once upon a time in general put the subject line as the title of the episode and email that to feedback at oncepodcast.com. You can also call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 and go to the website and send a voice message through your computer or iOS device at oncepodcast.com. If you want to continue this conversation, there are two places you can do that. One is on the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 167. And the other is over in the forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums. We'd love for you to participate in the conversation over there and start your own conversation and keep this going with other theories and ideas. And there are some great posts over there, some great ideas and screenshots and details that others are picking up. So go join that, oncepodcast.com slash forums. Also, we'd love to have your help by growing the podcast with some podcast reviews. You can review us on iTunes and Stitcher. That's at oncepodcast.com slash iTunes or oncepodcast.com slash Stitcher. No new reviewers to thank this week, but we are very grateful for the reviews we've received so far. They really encourage us and they help other people find the podcast too. So please consider writing a review as well. And if you forget all of this, then just go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 167. Please connect with us on Twitter at OncePodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Aaron and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. This podcast would not be possible without the support of several people. So special thanks to Corbin for sorting our feedback, Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanan editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers. You'll hear from them in just a minute. Jacqueline and Matthew Paul moderating the forums, Jacob helping with screenshots, Keb managing our timeline, Alias Scape, and Aaron J moderating the chat room, Jeremy, Aaron, Hunter, and Jacqueline hosting this podcast, and you being part of this great community. And until next time, I'm about to storm an evil ice cream truck. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them and support what we're doing here, you can donate with a one-time donation, an automatic monthly donation, or a per-episode donation. If you want to know the thing that helps us the most are those monthly donations, but pick whichever one works best for you if you're able to. Check out your options over at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor 
and thank you for the support. Hi, Wincers. I'm Hunter Hathaway. And I'm Jacqueline. And it's spoiler time for Wince Podcast. Episode 407, The Snow Queen. Emma captures the Snow Queen and interrogates her at the sheriff's station. But the Snow Queen uses her prior knowledge of Emma to try and persuade her into thinking that they are more alike than she could possibly imagine. Regina and Robin Hood's relationship grows increasingly complex as they struggle to find a way to save his dying wife. Emma begins to see what she's missed out on by not growing up and being a family with Snow and Charming when she sees how involved Mary Margaret is in the baby Neil's life. And Henry begins his after-school job in Mr. Gold's shop while trying to help Regina find a clue to the identity of the author of the storybook. Meanwhile, in Arendelle of the Past, we learn about the origin of the Snow Queen and her familiar connection to Elsa and Anna as we see her discover her spectacular yet deadly ice powers. Run-on sentences. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I don't write these. ABC writes them, and they're all just like one really big sentence, so... Okay, we got Jessie Schramm as Cinderella. She's back. Sarah Bolger is back as Aurora. John Rhys-Davies as Grandpappy. Brighton Charbino as Young Ingrid. Ava Marie Tellick as young Gerda, Bailey Herbert as young Helga, John Runyon as Duke, Pascal Hutton as Gerda, Sally Pressman as Helga, Greg Webb as King, and Ryan Booth as Man. I love how they do that. Oh, your <laughs> name is Man. Yeah. And it it's written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz and directed by Billy Gerhardt. Yep. So this is kind of the mid-season episode. It's probably going to be a big one. Um, Obviously, there's a lot going on. That was a very long press release. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot going on. But we didn't get... I don't think the promo has actually showed a lot about what happened. No, the thing that I got from the promo mostly is that Emma and the Snow Queen are really going to be talking quite a bit. And Emma and her powers are going to go rather wonky. Um, it seems like Emma might lose control of her emotions and she loses control of her powers. Kind of looks like she blows up a wall. It does. It looks like um, it might be the side of the um, sheriff's building or sheriff's office, I'm going to guess. That's what I thought. That's a. That's what I thought. Um, and then everyone... Everyone just sees it and comes running. So you've got the whole charming, like, clan and Captain Hook and everyone. And she's like, no, stay away, stay away. And her powers seem to go a little bit crazy, it looks like. And she knocks down the light pole and Charming does his fatherly duty and pushes her out of the way. But then it cuts out. So we don't know if he got hit and is hurt or what. I'm going to assume that Charming's okay. But, yeah. It, it's yeah. suspense. This is suspense. And we do see, like, it says Emma uses some sort of, I guess it's firepower to create, mm-hmm. like, chains on the Snow Queen to capture her. But it was weird looking. Like, it, I don't, I'm not sure if it was her because we've never seen Emma use that kind of magic before. I'm pretty sure it's Emma. I think this is going to be an episode all about Emma using her powers and how, even though she's the product of true love, her powers could go bad because of her emotional state. Yeah. 
Um, we did get a couple photos. We only got eight photos this time. Yeah. And they didn't really say a lot. We have Regina in the crypt, or I think it's the crypt, with lots of candles. And what looks like the story broke in her lap, and Robin is there. We have a lot of what looks like a mommy and me meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Snow and Aurora and Ashley, and they're all there with their babies, and a bunch of other moms with babies, and they're all meeting up, I guess, to talk about their babies. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't know there were so many moms with babies in Storybrooke. Neither did I, but <laughs> there is one baby dressed up like Mickey Mouse. Yes, it's very cute. Yeah. Emma does show up at the class, and I guess that's where we find that she's missing out. Feels like she's missing out. She gets a... But she's working, it looks like, because she gets a phone call and she gets that serious face. Yeah, that was all the photos. There weren't that many this week. No, like, and like, single shots of, like, Mary Margaret. And you're like, okay, but that doesn't give me anything. There's no clues there. Right. (laughs) So, we got... Um, quite a number of set photos when they were filming episode 408, 409. It's kind of hard to tell which one, but we want to go ahead and talk about them now. And what you see in the photos is Elsa and Anna and Kristoff, and they are all together in Storybrooke. So there's a big reunion coming. And uh, one of the, the thing that looks really weird is it looks like Anna is in some sort of trunk by the beach and they're helping her out of the trunk yeah and it it's just like a trunk on the beach like nothing else around right not sure how it got there if it just showed up yeah (laughs) a bolt of lightning out of the sky left the trunk i don't know but there's just a trunk and it's got all like that decor from the scandinavian time of the of arendelle so um that's all over it. So I think she was in the trunk. Well, they help her out of the trunk. At yeah. least it looks at. I don't know. And then it looks like it's a nice big family reunion. Yes. And it looks like Emma fits in very well with them. Yeah. Walking down the street. Oh, and there was another one with a door. And I'm going to say it's like in an attic of like Arendelle times have passed i don't know for sure but there's a door and it still has that um the markings like of scandinavians like on the dresses and stuff yeah and it might match the door that we talked about a couple episodes ago um with the snow queen coming to this world and there's like a big blue door that apparently got her to this world so be on the lookout for a giant door cute sure so this is really big uh victoria smurfit is going to be joining us for the second half of season four as cruella Deville, and it is going to be a reoccurring role so probably if not the entire half of the season, then a good portion of it. And if you've seen her before, you might have seen her in Dracula, 
um, on NBC this past winter, where she played a blonde ninja vampire hunting lady. I don't know. I didn't see it. I watched it. It was probably one of the most ridiculous shows I've ever seen in my life, (laughs) but (laughs) it was funny at the same time. Um, So yeah, we're, we're getting Cruella. Yes. She was also, I guess she did a guest role on The Mentalist, the TV show, and she was in the movie About a Boy. I did find a link on MTV website, and they think that she may be the third sister, Helga, and their saying was, but her uncanny resemblance to both Elsa and her Auntie Snow Queen, as well as the tendency the show has to make everybody related, makes it seem quite likely that she's the missing piece of this frozen puzzle. Yeah, and Going along with Cruella, I want to remind people that Maleficent is also coming, and there is a rumor floating around the fandom that there is actually going to be a third villainess coming, and that it's going to sort of be the season of the three big bads or something. No confirmation on that yet. If it is coming, then we'll know probably sooner rather than later. Gotcha. We got a big article from Entertainment Weekly, so why don't you tell us what we found out from there? All right, so this was an interview that Adam and Eddie did with Natalie Abrams, and it was a question and answer session. So some of the things that we found out, we will be seeing Lily again. Mm -hmm. For people who've always kind of wondered this, they confirmed that Emma does not know that Regina killed Graham, so that's unlikely to ever come up. Regina will probably use her light magic again, like we saw last season in the episode Kansas. Okay. Eventually, Operation Mongoose is going to move outside of Storybrooke. Yes. We might see Belle's mom, Colette, again, probably before the end of this season, if we did. Okay. They are hoping to get Anastasia from Wonderland, played by Emma Rigby, on the show. They are trying. So, for those of you who have been very, very worried that the Red Queen was dead, the fact that they're trying to get her, I think, means that she's not actually dead. So, thank the Lord, because <laughs> I was going to be really unhappy with them. We will see the repercussions of Snow and David sharing a heart, and both Adam and Eddie said a straightforward yes to that, so I think it's going to be playing a, a big role eventually. We will find out if baby Snowflake has powers or not, <laughs> and When asked if there was going to be another major character death this season, Eddie Kitsis said, I hope so. I would like to point out that Eddie Kitsis should not actually speak in interviews anymore. He says things that drive the fandom nuts. Um, So if you're actually worried, keep in mind that it's Eddie and that because he doesn't interact with the fandom at the same rate that Adam Horowitz does, he has a tendency to say things that we should all ignore. So... Eddie, if you're listening, stop doing that. Yes, please. And don't worry too much about a, a death. I'm not going to worry about it right now. I, I think Eddie's just being Eddie. Just to also say, like, usually a cast member will sign a three-year contract, and this is the end of, this is after the third year, so a lot of people have already signed contracts to come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to worry too much about that one. Yeah. There was another thing I did see in the article, and they were talking about the reason uh, behind Regina's magic being red, and it's how she's angry, and fire burns hot, and Regina got a lot of fire. And I just want to point back, we see in the promo for this week's episode, 
Emma captures a Snow Queen, and it looks like she uses a fire sort of red type of power. So maybe she's angry and she's learning how to use her magic. Yeah, nice catch. Then on a completely, not really spoiler-related thing, but I found really fun, um, there's an interview with Jennifer Goodwin, and they use eight babies to play Baby Neil. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of little snowflakes. And half the time, it looks like it's a doll anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) But she says that there's eight babies that play Neil. And we did get a little bit of news about Mulan. Go ahead. Why don't you tell them? Yes. Jamie Chung just gave an interview in which she said that they, meaning the creators, are working on a happy ending for Mulan. So with Maleficent coming back in the second half of the season, and we do know that Sarah Bolger is coming back for this coming episode and a future episode, maybe it's possible that we'll see Mulan again. Yay. And finally, last week we talked about episode 411, and we had given it a title that we had seen, known as it was Heroes and Villains. Well, it's now official. Heroes and Villain will be the episode 11. It will air on December 14th. It's written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. And that is the mid-season finale before we go on break for three months. And we will, I aren't we going to see Cruella there too? Or we're going to get hinted to it? Whatever is coming in the second half of the season, they will tease in the last episode. So we will either see Cruella and Maleficent, or we will get some sort of hint that they are coming. Last year at this time, they gave us that special promo where they teased the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm -hmm. Um, They showed Zelina in her full makeup. So we will get some sort of hint about what's coming. Yay. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for you this week. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me at Punk underscore Bunny underscore 87. Until next time, oncers.